Now, those illustrations are a little extreme, but we wanted to show them because the truth is so much hangs in the balance of those conversations, right? And the truth is every one of us here, we've had a relation slip. It started a long time ago. This guy named Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, they had some children. They had Cain. Cain was a, anybody know? That's right, farmer. And Abel, Abel, anybody with me today? Y'all with me? Cain kills his younger brother. His brother Abel brings what's right to the Lord. There's a farmer, there's a shepherd. He brings what's right to the Lord. And Cain says, man, I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And it bothered him. But why did it bother him? It bothered him because God didn't accept the sacrifice. Cain, who's a farmer, he's brought some food. But Abel brought a sacrifice, the firstborn. Because the first belongs to the Lord. So God honored Abel. Cain became jealous. God has a conversation with Cain. After Cain kills his brother, the world just, man, Adam and Eve sinned. Cain kills his brother. Just continue to go down this hill of relation slips. But, but God has this interesting conversation. He has a conversation God does with Cain. And, and he says to him, he's like, Cain. You know what Cain says? One translation says this. He asked God a question. And he asked God the question, he says, am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? I, I don't know where he is, God. God's saying, Cain, where's your brother? And Cain's like, I don't know where he is. And he's like, his blood, like the earth opened up its arms to receive the blood, his blood that you shed. But the question the next two weeks is we're talking about being fit and that whole is the goal. And that God wants us to be fit. He wants us to be fit physically, mentally, relationally. We're going to find out this week and next week that the truth is relationally is also spiritually. That our relationships matter to God. And it's in the soil of our relationships that if we're not careful, that if we don't walk in the spirit, if we just go in the flesh, we just do whatever we feel like it, that is the recipe for relation slips. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys. Give it up for the band. I appreciate these guys. They add so much value. Let's go to your story real quick. I need your help this morning. Would you do me a favor and would you think to a time in your life could have been today, yesterday, could have been 10 years, 30, 50 years ago. But I want you to go back and I want you to find a moment where you had the opportunity to influence somebody to do right and you didn't. You know the first relation slip in the Bible came from the first person ever created. His name was Adam. And Adam is leading. He's leading this garden. He's naming things, animals. He names his wife. His wife is born in the Garden of Eden. He was made in the outback. 
two different things there. He was created out here. And she was created, formed by his rib in the Garden of Eden. God's purpose for women and beauty was intertwined all the way back from the very beginning. And beauty has taken our breath away ever since. But Adam failed to step up. Adam failed to lead. Adam failed to influence. And there we find the very first relation slip. Humanly speaking. The devil comes in the form of a serpent. That serpent began talking to Eve. I a couple of thoughts there. Number one, I, I would think there would be my first clue. But I don't know. Maybe animals talked back then. Maybe before sin entered the world. You know, maybe, maybe they spoke. Maybe it didn't shock her. I, I don't know. But if they didn't, the fact that that serpent was talking, that would have been clue number one for me. I mean, right? Now, this is pre-sin. So I, she probably wasn't like scared of the snake. Like you and I are. Have you ever run across a snake? Anyone in here scared to death of snakes? When we first started, we were at the uh, pier. Then we moved to the, excuse me. We were at the pavilion. Then we moved to the pier. Then we moved to the middle school. When we were at the middle school, I had a six-foot albino python on stage in a sack as my prop. I was talking about this message. No one knew it. The snake did its part and stayed still for the most part till the invitation time. I brought that snake out and people were like, <gasps> and they scooted way back in their chairs, you know. I'm giving the gospel holding the snake. That snake starts trying to wrap around me. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. But there's something about snakes. That even to this day, we're like, whoa, we don't got a good relationship with snakes. That was part of the curse for most of us. Most of us see a snake and, and, and we, we subscribe to this type of thinking that there's no good snake, right? We see a snake, we kill it, right? You're like, well, that was just a rat snake. Mm-hmm. That was the problem. I was, uh, we have a neighbor and a friend, and um, she found some type of little, uh, some animal went to the restroom, let's say it like that, in her house. Long story short. She called. She's freaking out. And, and, the, and the animal went one and two. And so she's scared to death. Not going to go back in her house. So she lets Steph and I know. I go in her house. You know, you know I'm walking around. And I'm, there's an animal in her house. We know this. There's a puddle and a pile. <laughs> and, and so an ant didn't do that. You know what I'm talking about. And so I'm walking around. And I'm looking. And I get in the boy in the son's bedroom. And I open I pray. I was like, Lord, okay, you got to help me here because I have no clue what this animal is. You got to help me find this thing. And then for some reason, I start thinking it's a snake. And then so I walk into the boys' room and I'm thinking, if I was a snake, where would I be? I used to have a snake when I was a kid. And my parents were like, you can't keep it at our house, but you can keep it at your friend's house. So we just kept it at my friend's house. Where it went bad is where the snake would get out of the cage, disappear. You'd sit on the couch and, <laughs> hello, he's here. You know, it scares somebody. And so I uh, walk in the house, I open the drawer, and here is this probably seriously four and a half, five foot rat snake. And I open the door, and that thing's sitting there looking at me. Just like that serpent was looking at Eve. And Adam was right next to her. When he tempted her, she was deceived. 
Adam just wussed out. If you've been coming any length of time, you've heard me sometimes in the invitation. You've heard me go back to that story. Well, I want to tell you from that very story comes our story of relation slips. Do you have your story? Do you have your story when there was an opportunity to be your brother's keeper? To be your sister's keeper? And they were talking one way and you knew it wasn't right. But you did not speak out. You did not stand up. You, you're like, uh, I don't want them to be mad at me. And how many of you guys know that oftentimes when we're struggling in an area of life that where we know we're in the wrong, how many of you are like me where we only talk to those who will agree? Like, I, like you can talk to me if you will agree. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Right? Like there's this woman, and this woman is a nurse, and, and, and this woman's a nurse, and she's cheating on her husband, and she knows it's wrong. She knows that it's not right, but she has all of her excuses of why it's okay. It's not just women cheating, men cheat. And, but here's the thing. She, she, she goes to work, and she gets her nurse's friends around her, and as she gets her nurse's friends around her, she begins to tell them what's going on. And they all agree. Now, mm, ooh, girl, girlfriend, no woman ought to put up with that. And the truth is that it's not just the nurse. The truth is it's all of us. It's part of the curse that you and I tend to talk to people that will only agree with us. And the challenging thing for you and for myself, the challenging thing for us is when we see someone going down the wrong path, For you and I not to laugh, but to stand up, to speak up, and to know that you may not agree with me. But I'm going to be the friend you believe in me. Because a friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times. The truth is, do you have your story? You do, don't you? you Have you gone back to that moment where you could have spoken truth? But you didn't. You, it's, it's not mine. Am I my brother's keeper? The answer to that question is yes. Maybe you saw a friend. You knew they were going down the wrong road. Maybe you did speak up. Then what you did is you re- avoided a relation slip. And today, as we end this series on being fit, man, we're, we're, we all want to be fit, right? Like, I want to be fit. I want to be whole. I I want God to be in control. And when God is in control, I will be whole. Because God will point out my relation slips in my relationships. And when I'm seeking God with my whole heart, God will show me what's wrong that needs to be right. Vision is merely nothing more than saying this is what is, this is what could be, this is what's wrong, this is what needs to be right. And God has a plan and a purpose and a calling and a destiny for every one of you. And some of you, you push back and you think, no, that can't be true. Maybe for you, but not for me. It can't be true for me. I'm such a mess up. I've screwed up so many times. Man, we already sang the message today. The message is that his love is fierce. That he loves you. 
and that he knew way back a long time ago that you and I would slip, that we'd mess up, that we would fumble. And he said, I love you anyways. He's seen every one of my relation slips and he loves me anyways. So today, this is a message not of condemnation because we are not under condemnation to those of us who know God. Jesus already took the condemnation. The truth is, if you know Jesus, you don't need to live in shame. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. If you don't know Jesus, for me, if I didn't know him, that would be reason enough to come to Jesus today. To give my life, to surrender my life to him. The truth is, you don't have to let sin rule you. You don't have to let shame control you. You can be free. We're going to talk about free. How do you become free? Well, I think it's found in Galatians 5. We're going to go there. Take your Bibles out. Listen, if you don't have version, if you don't have that app, download it on your tablet, your smartphone. Most of us have smartphones these days. Download version. You can do it right now, right where you're at. Download it. And you have the Bible right there in your hand, wherever you go. If you don't know what an app is, find a young person. Say, can you help me? They'll, they'll know. They'll help you. We're going to go to Galatians. Galatians has some relation slips that mess us all up. I want to talk real quick. Galatians 5 is where we're at. I'm going to be today in two translations, in the NLT and in the message I want to talk to you about relationships real quick, because if we do not understand and value relationships, we will be prone to relation slip. Relationships can make us or break us. If you believe that, say, I'm with you. Turn to the person beside you and say, how's your relationships? Now turn to that same person and say, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. How's your relationships? That's a great question. That every one of us need to ask daily. How's my relationships? How's my relationships? Why? Because they can make us or break us. I want you to write this down today. Would you do that? Write this down. We anchor, most of us anchor our successes and our failures to our relationships. Most of us anchor our, rela- our successes or failures to our relationships. Most of us. Anchor our successes and failures to our relationships. You know what I'm talking about. There was a relationship slip way back when, and it wasn't your fault. And it wasn't my fault. It never is. It was their fault. It was his. It was hers. It was theirs. It was that company, not me. Right? Like, don't we do that? Like, the truth is, don't we think, like, we're the most right person in the world. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because we're like each other, right? Like we get in an argument with someone and I can know that I'm wrong, but I deal with this thing daily. It's called pride. And pride says, you ain't wrong. Tim Payne, you ain't never wrong. They're wrong. There you go. Five reasons why they're wrong. Do you ever do that? Do you ever do that in the argument? And, and we see this clearly. All you got to, if, if you if you perfect and you never struggle with this before, God bless you. All you need to do is get married. Just go on the honeymoon. 
You're in love at the wedding. You're dancing. Everyone's looking at you guys. Aren't we beautiful? Man, three days in that honeymoon. <laughs> one day, one day, now we're getting honest. Now we're getting honest. How many know what I'm talking about? Any, anyone want to testify today? Are you with me? All you got to do is have children. My God. Mm-mm. One of my friends told me about this a long time ago. And um, I, I believe in disciplining your children. I don't believe in being politically correct. I don't believe in politically correct. I'm not trying to impress everyone. I believe in the Bible. I believe this right here has incredible value. It's relevant. And I'm telling you, it will help you in your relationships to keep you out of relation slips. Even with your children, even with your spouses, even in your work, even in your leadership. Life is made of relationships. We ought to value them. So the takeaway is we anchor our successes and failures in relationships, in our relationships. And, and this message, this, this series fit, we're talking about ditching our inner wimp. We're talking about becoming the person that God created me to be. Like, I don't just have to go through life. I don't just have to be average because I'm an original. I can be great. Why? Because he is great, and I've, been ha- I've, I've happened to have been made in his image. I can do the impossible. Why? Because greater is he that lives in me. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic, is in me. I don't have to succumb to everyone's thinking. Because not everyone is right. So we look at our relationships. John Maxwell wrote an incredible, incredible book. He more than one. He's got a book called Winning with People. You ought to read it every year. Maybe twice a year. It'll help you. So many great principles in that book. You ought to get it. By the way, I just want to say this. We, we have current is right out here. I don't know if you know that. Navarre, you have a current as well. We have resources at the current that will help you with your families, with your faith, with your finances, with your future. And the reason we do that is not to get rich. We're not trying to make a buck. That's the honest to God truth. We're trying to provide us with resources because leaders go where resources are. And we all struggle. We know we're broken. Like this area might be right in my life, but then it's like I'm not good in this area. Anyone with me today? So we can learn, we can grow, we can acquire wisdom. We got great music out there, great books. You ought to go by, you ought to pick up one. This book, God used this book and this author to change my life. God used this book, Walking with God, to deepen my walk with him. See, I I talked about last couple weeks, and I'm just going to seal it here and move forward. It's not that God doesn't want us to go deeper. I think as a pastor, sometimes where I get maybe irritated and, and easy to get in the flesh and I say, Lord, forgive me, is that sometimes Christians just talk about wanting to go deeper, but they don't understand that deeper is rescuing people. And people never drown in the shallow end. They always drown in the deep. So if you want to go deeper, bring somebody to Jesus. Jesus, and, and I'm not against it, but the best I know, the disciples never went to theology schools. 
Jesus just said, come, follow me, and I will make you. If you come, if I come and follow him, he will make you and me too. He will help us go deeper with him. But Sunday morning isn't just to explain deep truths about the Bible. It's to put things where anybody can get it. Like I was reading my Bible this week. You ought to do that. It's cool. I was reading my Bible this week. And the the Bible said this, that Jesus only spoke in stories. That he never spoke without speaking in stories. Why? Because you and I get stories. Did you know that your mind, that my mind is made to have a story? And this is where we go from ships to slips in our relationships. Is that something can happen? Let's go there. Tomorrow at work, you're walking in. You're walking in. You just got passed on the raise. You're walking by and you see two of the people in the cubicles not too far from you. And they're talking and they're laughing and then they look at you and they keep talking and laughing and you immediately know, you know, oh, you know, you know that they'd be talking about you, right? Anybody with me? And we make up a story in our mind. The mind was created for story. That's why Jesus only spoke in stories. Your mind will come up with a story. I hope it's the right one. Husbands and wives, are you with me? You come home, or you're coming home, and you get that sweet text, like hurry home. No, 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 no. You get that sweet text like, baby, can you please go to Walmart? We need ketchup. Oh, he'd be preaching now. We need some milk. And you just want to just let your fingers do the talking. Like we just went to Walmart or Publix yesterday. Did they not have ketchup yesterday? And we go from relationships to relation slips, right? We do. Why? Because we don't value our relationships like we should. John C. Maxwell defines five critical questions that we must ask ourselves if we want to win with people. Write these down. Number one, readiness. Readiness. Are we prepared for relationships? Number two. Number one is readiness. Are we prepared for relationships? Number two, connection. Are we willing to focus on others? Jesus preached others. Number three, trust. Can we build mutual trust? Number four, investment. Are we willing to invest in others? Number five, synergy. Can we create a win-win relationship? He shares what he calls the bedrock principle And that is that trust is the foundation of any relationship. So I want to give you three slips today. We'll come back next week and we're going to talk about the two other relation slips. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you the truth. One of them has nailed me most of my life. You want to hear a pastor confess? Want to have a high attendance Sunday? Be here next week. I'm going to tell you where I've struggled the most in my relationships. Number one, here we go, bad relationships. We are in Galatians 5. We're in Galatians 5. We're going to read 7 and 8 in the NLT, verses 7 and 8 in the NLT. And it says this, you are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? See, if we don't prioritize our relationships We'll miss it. We'll just allow anyone to get into our life. 
And the secret is not about trying to get the right people in your life. You need a husband. You need a wife. You're looking for, looking to get engaged next year. You're like, man, my clock's ticking. Here's the secret. Don't try to get the right person. Try to be the right person. Because if you're not the right person, how in the world are you going to attract the right person? you got to become the right person because the person you're looking for, that person is looking for the right person. That helps us in our relationships with the opposite sex. It helps us in our relationships. In the office, you want to you succeed? Then become the right kind of employer that you can be. You are running the race so well. Who has held you back? From following the truth, it certainly isn't God. Like, God gets blamed for everything, doesn't he? Right? Like, all we need to do is see a disaster. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, TVs, stations, media, they're, they're, they go right. If God, there's the God. Like, we don't want to talk about him, but let's talk about him now. Like, if God's good, if God's real, how could he let that happen? Like, God just continues to sleep on the job. That's not God's fault. Relation slips are because of bad relationships. It's certainly in God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. Here's here's good news today. God wants you free. God wants you free. God called you to himself, and he is free, and so he wants you and me to be free. You ought to to put your hands together for that because some of us are not free. Some of us are like this, and we weren't created to be like this. We were created to be free. It's hard to worship when you're not free. It's hard to read your Bible. Like I I read this quote. It was very convicting to me. It might touch you. I read this quote this week. um, I think it was on Twitter, and it went something like this. Like, is God really silent, or is your Bible closed? Drop the mic. Would you forget to pray? Right? Like God speaks. It's not God's fault. God's calling you to freedom. It's like God is on the sideline. And and we're running this race in life. And God's our number one cheerleader. And God's saying, you got this. You got this. You got this. And he's cheering us on to be free. John Maxwell said this. He said, the people you choose to spend time with will change who you are. Or maybe you remember Charlie Tremendous Jones from way back. He said it like this. The difference between you, who you are today, and who you will be in five years are the people you meet and the books you read. It's about relationships. By the way, do you know there's so much wisdom in here? Like you can have a relationship with God by simply opening the Bible and reading it. And God, this is a mirror. Right? This is a mirror. What do we do, teenagers? Right? What, what, what do we do? We wake up in the morning and we look in the mirror. Guess what? You can do it when you're an adult too. Not just, right? I, like, I thought like pimples would stop when I, when I got out of being a teenager. Somehow they still continue to come. And like, happy are those who take the time to look and see if there's something that needs to be changed. Happy are those that take the time to look and to see if there's something inwardly that needs to be changed. And that's the cool thing about reading God's word is God will speak to you and he'll speak to you to help you, not to harm you. Number one, bad relationships. Number two, toxic tongues. 
Oh, no, no. Got to go back. Number one, bad relationships. Here's the question for you today. How healthy are my relationships? Ask yourself that question. Write it down right now. And then today, think about it. How healthy are my relationships? Go back to some of your relation slips and ask yourself, did you slip? Most of us, when we go back, we think, no, no, it was just them, 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 them. Pretty sure it was them. <laughs> I'm still sure. No, no. As we go back and we think about it, truth is, not always, but a lot of the time, we were part of the problem. Are you with me today? And it doesn't have to be that way. So if you got bad relationships, the question you need to ask yourself is, how healthy are my relationships? And if they're not healthy, work on it. Go to work. Number two, toxic tongues. The question is, do I have a toxic tongue? Because we know who else has a toxic tongue. We just forget that we can have a toxic tongue. The Bible says in James that the tongue is like venomous. It's toxic. It says in Proverbs that life and death is in the power of the tongue. What you speak is very powerful. What you speak. Last week we talked about what we thought. But you know, our thinking is so important. That's where it starts. But sometimes it goes from thinking to speaking. Sometimes we all mess up and we just speak. Without thinking. Anyone there? Yeah, I've done that. Still do. Lord, help me. Do I have a toxic tongue? If I do, then I want to confess it. I want to say, Lord, help me move on. Here it is, Galatians 5, 13 through 15. This is in the message, and I love it. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do what you want to do and destroy your freedom. Listen, what destroys my freedom? A lack of discipline. When I just do whatever I want to do, a lack of discipline, that destroys my freedom. How do we get freedom? Discipline. So, Scripture goes on and says this, rather, use your freedom to, to, anyone want to say it with me? To serve, wait, 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 Navarre, say it with me, to serve one another in the word for 2016 for our team at Momentum Church, our staff, is the word love. Love, because love covers a multitude of sins. Love, love's a verb. And so it goes on here and it says this, rather use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. How does our freedom grow? It grows by serving one another in love. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. Here's the part I really want to hone in on. If you bite and ravage each other, what's it talking about? My tongue. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all will you be. Anyone want to say the word? Annihilating. How many of you have ever annihilated a relationship in your life with a toxic tongue? You don't have to raise your hand. But do you know it to be true? How many times have we done that? Let me ask another question. How many times have you secured a friendship because you didn't experience a relation slip? You spoke life. You don't have to raise your hand. But see how it works both ways. So important. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be. You'll be killing each other, annihilating each other. 
And where will your precious freedom be then? Proverbs 18, 21 in the message reads like this. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Lastly, selfishness. Number three, we're talking about relation slips. Relation slips. Well, they come out of bad relationships. Oftentimes, relation slips are caused because of our toxic tongue. But thirdly, we experience relation slips because of our selfishness. Here's the question. Am I others-minded or me-minded? Am I others-minded doing to others as you would have them doing to you? Am I others-minded or am I me-minded? Dale Carnegie said, if you want to connect with others, focus on them, not yourself. Focus on them, not yourself. You know how you have a great marriage? Focus on her, not yourself. You know how you have a great marriage? Focus on him, not yourself. You know how you, how you raise great children? Focus on them, not yourself. See, our kids basically are under our control. They have to go where we say they go, have to eat what, they, what we say they got to eat. They got to do what we say they got to do. But one day it flips, doesn't it? It flips. One day they take our keys, tell us where to go. If we get to go to a nursing home, I, every time I give my kids chocolate, I'm like, just remember daddy. When I get old, put me in a nice, right? I love this quote too by Dale Carnegie. He was such an incredible lover of people. He says this, this will help someone here today. He says this, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years of trying to get other people interested in you. Paul says it this way in Galatians, and we close, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. In the message, listen to this. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Hello. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. We see it all the time. Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition. All-consuming, yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Ooh, I'll talk about that next week. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions comes from what? From being selfish. Whoa, we're getting deep. Where does it come from? From being selfish. The question is, am I others-minded or me-minded? It goes on to say this. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on and on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. Paul says this. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. I'm going to end it right there. I want to ask you. There's some places in your life that have been filled or contaminated or destroyed 
or ruined by strife. Because you had the relationship, you just somehow, somewhere along the lines, turned your eye, didn't care, quit trying, took the back seat, started coasting, quit prioritizing, no longer non-negotiable. And that relationship became a relation slip. For me, and probably for some of us here today, in Navarre as well as here in Gulf Breeze, there are probably some relationships that we ought to go back and own. My relation, your relation slips. And in doing that, you know what happens? We become whole. Isn't that the goal? Don't you want to be whole? For some of us, the worst advice we could give ourselves, or for some of us, the worst advice that we could give someone else is just be yourself. That's bad advice for some people. Some of y'all get that tomorrow. Because we can be so selfish. We can, we can have a toxic tongue. We can talk about people and belittle people. And man, got to be real careful here. Speak life and surround your life with people who will speak life in you and believe in you and believe that you were created for greatness, that you were created not only to run the race, but to win the race. Right, win the race. There you go. Anybody ready to win the race? Win the race. Some of us just trying to win the race. We're winning a race. How do we win? Next week, you got to be here. You got to be here. Next week, I'm not only going to talk about my personal struggle in this battle, you'll probably identify with me. And we're going to get victory. And we're going to become whole. Physically, I stepped on the scale today. I haven't done that in a while. I've lost 30 pounds. Isn't that crazy? 30. Hello. Like 25 was right here. I was walking around. All I needed was ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. 30 pounds. I want to become whole physically. I want to become whole mentally. I want to become whole relationally. And when I do those things, I'll have favor with God and man. And I'll become whole spiritually. Because God cares about the whole picture. The whole picture.